I'm Matt Bronger. This might help. I am not a doctor. This might help. I'm not a professional. Let's have fun. This honestly is a good time. I'm Matt Bronger. This might help the podcast. Hello. Welcome to This Might Help with Matt Bronger, uh, the comedy advice podcast that would rather not give you advice about comedy and would rather just, you know, give you unqualified advice based on my uh, dipshit experiences and, and that of my guests. Uh, thanks for listening. And I appreciate you uh, writing good things if you have online and all that. It's It's been a really cool time with um, the amount of love the, the podcast is getting. And with these uh, super cool guests that are, that are coming on, um, all because they like who I am, how cool I am, and so young. Uh, on that note, uh, please welcome uh, a mental health advocate, writer, uh, performer, and uh, former child star, Mara Wilson. Mara. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Sure. Uh, I kind of blanch at bringing up the last thing. I promise we won't really talk much about that. <laughs> oh, it's fine. I mean, it's okay. it's a well, part of it's a part of me. It's a part of who I am. It's it's totally fine. I can dig it. I, you know, it, it's I, the thing. I kind of I just want you know you to be comfortable, and I want everybody on the show to be comfortable because uh, that's really what it's about. Even though it's kind of like unqualified advice, we there's never anyone who calls in and we give them bad advice or try to or be dicks. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like. That's just kind of how I am. Uh, but like I, the thing that stuck out that, or that jumped into my mind, even as I said the last uh, descriptor I just did of, of you um, in your career was I remember Carrie Fisher got asked about the Princess Leia thing. Yes. And she's like, it's just kind of like a smell that follows me around. And I thought <laughs> that was such a fun way to put it. I, I, I really that? like, I, I love Carrie Fisher. I, mm, I love Carrie Fisher too. so much. I, I met her, I think at a premiere when I was, when I was very young and I absolutely loved it. I, I, I was so excited because I was a big Star Wars fan. And then yeah. when, when I grew up, I really wanted, I, I really loved her writing and I, I really loved all the things she had to say, especially about mental health and mental illness. And, uh, and she had this great quote where she was like, she was like, uh, She's like, I, I, she's like, you know what? I like Princess Leia. And I feel like she and I have kind of merged over the years. Hmm. And I, I totally get that because I feel like people, I, I kind of get the benefit of the doubt a lot of times because people really like Matilda. And so mm -hmm. they think that I'm as smart and as brave as she is, which I'm very much <laughs> not. <laughs> uh, but, but I benefit from that. You know, you benefit from playing a character who is smarter than you, who is, uh, who is, uh, you know, the, braver than you and and so i think that uh you know eventually you come to appreciate it it's it's there were times that i was really frustrated about it and bitter about it because i felt like i knew who she was but did not know who i was uh but now i i think uh yeah i think i think i appreciate it that's great yeah it's it's you just get made me realize something about myself is that i uh, more often than not, will play dumber guys than or, <laughs> uh, uh, people, or or people that are bigger a holes. You know, yeah. Like I, I played a, a scientist at one point that was just insufferable, and yeah, it was so fun. But it's it's funny. I I don't I will I will say I don't get the um the whole thing of like guys who play villains all the time and you're afraid of them. I I, I don't yeah. get people that think I'm. Dumb, more often. I mean, I've played, yeah, I I've do. played villains too. I've played villains too, mm -hmm. but, uh, but only, yeah. I've played villains too, but only, um, but, but only in voiceover. 
So, uh, so people don't see me on the street and they think that's a villain. Uh, although I do, I did have my friend make me a t-shirt that says Disney villain because I, I actually am one. Uh, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't have a, I don't have a lot of, um, I, I don't look like a villain because I'm five feet tall and, uh, and, and not very threatening, (laughs) but, uh, but when you, but yeah, when, when you, when you play that, I think you also get, you probably get people leaving you alone and probably, Mm. uh, uh, it's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's very different. You, you kind of become who you pretend to be. Yeah. There there's uh, public perception is a, is a, is a, is a, is a mother. Yeah, you know, the way it's where it's this this kind of um, hive mind assumption of who you might be or or might not be. It's interesting. Yeah. I when I started getting roles, I was get stuff where I would be, you know, uh, a mess or an idiot or someone who would flip out really easily and stuff. And I realized one reason I kind of got that stuff because there is a part of me that is that. Yeah, uh, the, the analogy I always kind of uh, hit in therapy was that I grew up in, well into adulthood thinking I was fully John Candy from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, but I've been way more Steve Martin from Planes, Trains <laughs> than I care to admit. And it drives me crazy because, it, you know, it's like, no, you're not that chill guy, but I yeah. want to be that guy. Probably the best tattoo I've ever seen was um, someone had a leg tattoo of uh, John Candy with a little mustache from Planes, and Trains, and Automobiles. And it just said in a wreath around his head, uh go ahead make fun but you know what i like me and yeah it's like that's it (laughs) you you have to dig yourself you know yeah it's um it's uh yeah i I mean i also feel like i knew a lot of like i i personally my bullies you know in in my in my teens and and my 20s um well first of all i got bullied by a lot more boys <laughs> people yeah. be like oh mean girls and i'm like yeah but i also got bullied by a lot of boys because i think that there's sort of a thing with teenage boys or at least there used to be where like um for them i mean i guess if they're heterosexual they kind of they kind of look at girls as like these these like beautiful things that need to be put up on pedestals or something that they like they want mm-hmm. and if you don't fit that if you're not like yeah. you know their their physical you know and, and I, I i didn't if if you don't fit that then it's like they're punishing you for yeah. for being it and they're being really and they'll be really mean to you so i got i got bullied by a lot of guys and it was really weird and stupid bullying and it was the same kind of things that that boys would do to other boys and like like they put like kick me signs on my back and they they do things like that and it was like they were punishing me for not being you know their vision of what a girl should be right. um, but i also got so many of my mean girls were not like there were there were one or two who were like like the really beautiful girls who were insecure about their status at school and uh and and so they kind of took it out on anybody around them. And um, funnily enough, one of those girls is a guidance counselor now. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, but but the ones who really got to me, and, and this even goes into my 20s, were the girls who were like, like they thought they were Daria. Yeah. You know, they thought they were Daria. They thought they were, you know, Dorothy Parker. They thought they were, you know, they thought they were Carrie Fisher. And they were, they were like really into Tim Burton and Phantom of the Opera. And they were really, they were really into, you know, edgier things. And it was, it was just kind of the bullied becoming the bullies over and over again. Yeah. And, and it was, it it was the, those were my mean girls were the ones who, who felt like they could put everything, everybody and everything down. And, 
I realized way too late that just because somebody is mean to you, that doesn't mean they're telling the truth. Yeah. That doesn't yeah. mean they're helping you. That doesn't mean they're accurate. You you think they're being brutally honest, but maybe they're just being brutal. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 maybe they're just defending uh, their insecure island. Yeah. Know, and, and going by their own definition, you know, you the the thing of the men, the boy, you know, excuse me, the the, the boys bullying you because you didn't fit the 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 their yeah their attractive pedestal thing <laughs> that, that made me go yeah but that's men that's like so many men too yeah uh, in every kind of professional and social environment where it's just like oh you're negated because yeah. i'm not attracted to you or because i don't you, i think you'd be too much of a hassle you know or whatever it's yeah it's i i think that and i think that it's sort of the way that people are brought up it's sort of you 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 only see like the the people i know who like the 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 straight men i know that are the best with women are usually they they had good relationship with mothers or sisters or aunts mm. or somebody like that so they're not afraid of women and they're not going to put women on a pedestal because women aren't aren't mysterious to them yeah and they yeah so they, they, and they, they grew up having, you know, having neighbors or having best friends who were girls. And so it was, it was, it was kind of like they, they, uh, you know, and, and people who like experience gender differently and like uh, different kinds of things. And they had that sort of variance. So they're not, they're not afraid and they're not putting it up on a pedestal. Yeah. I mean, it, you're definitely a, a, an absolute idiot when you're a teenager. Yeah. You know, speaking from my perspective as a teenage boy, for sure, because you're clouded by your hormones. Yeah. In degree. But it's kind of the, the, you, the more you ease out of that primal idiocy, the more <laughs> you see, the more you see it, it's such, it's such a better, more comfortable environment when you treat everyone with, with a, 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 a respect and even a bit of um, friendly affection. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that dehumanization is really at the root of every kind yeah. of like person yeah. on person horrible mm -hmm. act and, and and seeing people and dismissing people as that. And I mean, like, I have to try not to be like so judgmental myself. Like, I have to be like, I'll be like, this person is, you know, I'll be like, oh, God, this person's one of those people. And, mm -hmm. you know, and, and just stupid things like, you know, this person's an influencer, or this person's a this. It's not, yeah. you know, it, it's it's just things like that. And then I have to be like, okay, but I don't know their story. And the thing is also, everybody makes allowances for the people that they like. So people will yeah. say things like, uh, like, well, I don't like this kind of person, but, and, and obviously not like racism or things like that, but just like, like, I don't like, uh, They'll be like, yeah, oh God, I hate comedians. And then they'll like become friends with a comedian. They'll be like, well, that comedian's all right. And it's like, well, it's because, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, um, I don't know. It's really funny. And the way that people make allowances for the people that they like is I think kind of a funny thing. Yeah. I, I, I the, the perfect example that springs to mind is, and I knew exactly what this person was talking about, but this woman at a party I was at who I kind of knew we were kind of friendly, but, um, she was a, a a theater reviewer yeah. for um uh for some kind of uh, print media i forget what it was but uh anyway long story long she was she was someone was like oh i was, I was a comedy party and she goes and she goes like oh i hate a comedian party and i really had to bite my tongue to go how do you feel about theater critic parties <laughs> that sounds like fucking garbage to me I oh, get it. It's like I knew what she meant, you know. Like, yeah. Yeah, if everyone at a party is on, kill me. Yeah. I have to leave. But yeah, you know that's I the the 
the thing always tossed around with my ilk is like, what's worse, a stand-up party or an improv comedy party? And I think because the problem with improv parties is people go, oh, I'm going to yes and that. It's like, no, stop. We're not doing games. Please, guys. Yeah, exactly. You know, but it's on the main. Just the fact that she she knew I was a comic. She knew I'd also, she she reviewed a play I was in and forgot I was in it. Like, (laughs) it was not good. Trust me. It was like, I was just doing it. Like, I just got to stay working or, or whatever I was doing, you know, uh, uh, just to stay, you know, to exercise, let's yeah. just say, got to go to the gym. So, but like, she, she was like, wait, you were in that? I, yeah. And she's like, Oh God, I, I mean, I can't really, this is how we met each other. She's like, I can't really talk to you. I was like, why? Oh, cause that shitty review was not good. And then we kind of <laughs> cause yeah, I never, yeah. I think she called me deafening in the review. <laughs> Because my my character yelled I, all the time. You but. know, I had a I I had a uh, so there was a a and she's a very well known critic who who commented on my performances when I was a child and she wrote an article about how she found me so annoying and it was Ooh. a lot more acceptable in the nineties to talk about how much you hated children and how how much you you thought they sucked and like she <laughs> talked about how she wanted to. She was like, she's too cute and it's not in a natural way. I want to grab her and shake her until her little chiclet teeth rattle. And I was <laughs> six, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's, that's oh. like saying, I want to, I want to abuse a child. Like that's not okay. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, you know, and, but it was, but edgy stuff was in, you know, yeah. it was, it was 1994, you know, we were uh-huh. just coming out of grunge. So I, but, but uh, like, like. 20 years later, I think I tweeted about it and I kind of called her out on it and she responded and she was like, she's like, you know what? You're right. That was a really out of line thing to say. And, and we were, we were making fun of her for it. And she was like, she was like, I deserve this. And then wow. a couple of years later, I, I went to, uh, I was giving a speech for uh, girls right now, which is a, an organization that, you know, teaches uh, teenage girls, like gives, gives uh, teenage girls who want to write oh mentors and it was really cool and so i gave a i gave a lesson there on on writing and telling stories and uh and at the end of it that critic came up to me and and she was like hi i just want you to know that i think you're wonderful and you did such a wonderful job in there (laughs) and and i'm i'm so sorry again but it's so nice to meet you and i was just like oh this was yeah i i I never expected that to happen but uh but it did and it was great yeah, I mean, it, I I feel like she probably felt a, a certain degree of, of catharsis writing that back then, but way more now. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. Any any time I've gone ahead and and said something that just you know you press that you press that that pleasure button that endorphin. Yeah, button, you're, just, you're mean or you're you let the anger out or you whatever. You just like I just don't give a fuck about this person's feelings right now, whatever it yeah. is. Uh, uh, or you're not even that present but you just do it and it feels yeah. good. It's just, it's a little bit like doing a, doing any kind of substance where you're like, there's gonna be a hangover for you later. Yeah, like, or like not- scratching a mosquito bite. Yeah. Where yeah. you know it's just gonna trigger something else. And, and I mean, the substances can do that too. You know, you, you get mm-hmm. drunk and then you're like, you know, people do hair of the dog and things like that. It is a bit like yeah. using a substance where you're like, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's something, cause I feel like I am, I am somebody who gets, I, I, I get angry more than I get sad. 
<clears throat> and yeah. I get angry. I get angry almost as much as I get scared, which is most of the time. I'm a very anxious person. So yeah, that's same. something that I kind of have to, I kind of have to, to draw in and I kind of have to, and like lately I've stepped back from Twitter a little and I'm using it just more to like, you know, promote other people's work and to mm -hmm. promote things that I'm doing. And, uh, and I'm trying to focus more on like long-term projects because it is so addictive. And I've met a, a lot of amazing, wonderful people through there, but mm -hmm. I also know that uh, that if I stay on there too long, I will get angry or sad. And like, I've even noticed like in lockdown, I also think people are much, you know, touchier in, in, in during quarantine this past year. Uh, we like, I, I would be like grumpier with my sister <laughs> if, if I was on Twitter. And, and so I was like, okay, I, I really do need to manage this. And it is like, you know, it, it is a, it, it is an addictive thing. And, uh, and it is something that I, I need to, be careful with and and you know take care of and, and think about it i also think that once i got to a level of you know certain number of followers on twitter i had to imagine myself uh because i i got to like the size of my hometown burbank and then i got mm -hmm. to the size of uh my hometown and the town next to it and I had to imagine myself like standing on the Verdugo Hills overlooking, you know, Burbank and Glendale sure. uh, and and with like the world's biggest megaphone shouting my thoughts. Sure. <laughs> and yeah. and I had to I had to remind myself of that and be like, is this what I want? Mm -hmm. Is this yeah. uh, is is this what do I want these people to hear it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I definitely have pulled back on looking because yeah. it is an algorithm designed by this by along the same lines as a slot machine that's a exactly fact. and you know you just keep you pull pull pulling and also i had to kind of dial back a lot of my kind of political barfing where i'm just yeah. like, like where it's like i'm not i'm not doing anything people who yeah. follow me probably agree with me on most most points yeah but it's like this isn't it's not helping the, the zeitgeist anyone's id especially mine yeah. it's just yeah. not good so it's like I, it's I, like I try to keep it interesting or funny exactly funny if i can exactly you know? and and if somebody a lot of the things with with politics now i'm like okay i don't need to weigh in on all of this and also probably no. probably people have 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 gone into this already people have weighed in on this already without me and mm -hmm. and they probably weighed in on it in a in a much more you know in a much better more personal way i can always retweet them <laughs> Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't have to be like, you know, I don't have to be like, this is, this is terrible. I can, I can be like, you know, let's let somebody who's actually in the state that's dealing with this, yeah. uh, uh, you know, weigh in on this and talk about this and, and let's mm -hmm. talk about, you know, talk to this journalist or this doctor or this, you know, this, this person, uh, mm -hmm. you know, listen to them instead, because I'm just a person. Totally. Same. I mean, I, you know, when I, one of the things I miss the most about not being on the, not being able to tour anymore at least until like the fall is like, I used to do like volunteer work on the road. Yeah. And it was the best thing because I met every kind of person. Yeah. And, you know, we would just be side by side sorting through clothes for the homeless or moving furniture or whatever it was. None of us ever, no one ever would be like, so you see what happened in Congress or what? Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. We would make each other laugh. We'd go, let's put the radio on. Where are you from? Oh, what do they do there? You know, stuff like that. And it's, it, it, and I think it's just like the more you have something else to focus on than these little distractions that are all around. For me, I, mean, I have yeah. a, I have a nine month old baby. Yeah. So 
that's been a fantastic, you know, cosmic kick in the head because just, I, this is so important. I have to focus on this. Ultimately. Yeah, exactly. Like ultimately I, I want what is best for people. That's, Mm -hmm. that's what it is. And, and I, I think that my politics are about trying to make it best for, you know, the most people. Yeah. But there's always a chance that I'm wrong. And there's always a chance that things that I thought were, were, you know, too extreme or too moderate are actually more accurate or more correct. And yeah. I, I think, you know, and there is, and there is, there's, I don't know. And, and so that's the thing too, is like, like I, and I, like, I have family members who have politics that I don't agree with and I love them very much. Same. I also have family members who have politics I don't agree with and I don't talk to them, but that's because they're assholes. Sure. <laughs> It's, it's less about, it's less about politics, although they probably wouldn't like me because I, you know, am, am queer and I, you know, have, have dated people who are not my same race and things like that, you know, so they probably wouldn't, they're, they're bigots, you know, that's, that's what it is. But like, it's, it's, uh, I don't know, it was interesting, like I was doing some mutual aid work uh, a couple months ago with some friends and we were helping uh unhoused people in la get uh, get like supplies they needed for covid you know masks and hand sanitizer we were also giving yeah. them food and um and one of the the guys said you know and I, maybe he saw like some of the people there had like bernie and warren stickers on their car he was like i bet you wouldn't help me if you knew i was a trump voter and we were like no we would i mean we we and there was like a little bit of like uh okay you know we, we kind of didn't note to say but we were like no we we still would because you're in need you right. know we're not going to deny you anything and and mm-hmm. i do think like I, I i don't think that you should like force yourself to hang out with people that you think are bigoted or something like that but like no. but we were like we were like yeah we would because this isn't what this is about and he was like yeah well probably none of you are trump voters right and i was like yeah probably not <laughs> but uh, but we're still going to help you because you you need help right now and that's yeah. you know the best thing to do so so uh and we kind of just laughed it off and it's it was it was uh yeah i don't know it was an interesting experience i think that people can get bogged down in theory and and sometimes forget the the actual you know sort of i don't know utilitarian epicurean you know kind of thing of like yeah. maybe just make sure people enjoy themselves and have good you know the the, when, the consequential is the consequences of it all you know yeah when it comes down to it everybody wants the same thing yeah, yeah. I, and and uh, yeah, and and I think I, I do think that that's sort of like, and people just want to live their lives. Mm. You know, that's what it is. It's it's people want to be able to live their lives. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's really so. Yeah, I, I don't know. I always thought it was funny when people said I was political because I was like, I was like, I don't see myself as political. Yeah, a, a political for me means like being like, yes, this candidate or yes, this thing. And ver- sure. versus me, I was just like, I just want to try to do what I think is going to help the most people. Well, like anything that term has been weaponized and changed and uh, yeah. used on every kind of platform. Yeah. Because I think anytime someone, I mean, I, my favorite use of, of, of the, when someone's like, I'm not into politics was when there was a, 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 a famous star, I won't say who, but they were going to an, a big event sponsored by De Beers diamonds mm. and they were going there and people were like do you know what this company does with their minds and they basically employ slaves and the person was like i'm not into politics and i <laughs> i just thought it was hilarious because yeah it's, it's that because really everything's political everything. yeah but you can't really say that because also it, even just to say that it gives me a headache so yeah exactly you know. 
Exactly. But, so yeah, of course, of course, because you've exerted an opinion and you're a woman and you're queer, people are gonna be like, oh, they're political. And you're like, no. well, yeah. And the thing is also that like, a lot of times I'm like, well, these people probably wouldn't like me anyway, because, yeah. because you know, they're Better like, point. They're like, they're like, you're, 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 you're a queer Jewish feminist. You know, we're, we're not going to like you anyway. <laughs> right, yeah. He's a lost cause. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So you said, uh, when you reposted, uh, the number and I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Um, hmm? because it is every single week we get, we get interesting calls and we never, I never know what's coming and I don't listen to them. Just FYI, Renee, the producer does, and he just plays them. So I never know what's coming as much as you don't know what's coming. Yeah. Um, but you did say that you get, a, you get asked advice a decent amount. Yeah. My, my little sister calls me a big sister to the world. <laughs> nice. I honestly, I'm, I'm way too bossy with her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and wow. I need to kind of, you know, beg off and I need to be, I need to be nicer with her and more patient with her. And the thing is actually my sister has sort of proven to me, like, especially since we've been living together during the pandemic, my sister has proven to me to be, probably better at advice than I am. Ah. And, uh, and she's my little sister, but I, I'm still like getting, like, I still talk things out with her and she's very sensible about it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I do feel kind of like I, I am, I, I, I do like giving advice when people ask for it. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think that sometimes I kind of try to fix problems when people just want to hear things. And that's something I've had to, and, and sometimes I do have to do that thing where I'm like, well, do you want advice or do you just want me to listen? Yeah. Well, the, the, the thing I've learned doing this, because this is the second incarnation of this podcast. Originally, it was called Advice from a Dipshit. And I had to <laughs> change it because, you know, technically speaking, I like that name better. But I think there are people that were like listening, expecting me to give really stupid advice. And they're like, uh, no, this is what I, so, you know, got to have truth in advertising. But yeah, what I've learned, is, I've been doing this probably about two years, mm -hmm. is people, generally speaking, know what they what they want, you know, what, the, what the right thing is. Right. And we're basically just going, here's what it is. And they're going, oh, so I got to do that thing. Okay. 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 You know, yeah. but it feels good to hear that from someone else. Other, than I feel yourself. like, yeah, you know, I feel like, I feel like I have a strong intuition. I just don't listen to it. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> yeah. a thing. No, it's the worst. I don't want to listen then, to my intuition. Yeah, of course. And then like somebody, somebody like, you know, my sister or my best friend will be like, well, you know, it's probably this. And I'm like, damn it. I knew it was that, you know, yeah. or, or my, you know, or I can hear my therapist voice in my head saying like, can we reality check that Mara? Or like, yes. what did you think that you were trying to get with that Mara? Like, what did you think exactly. you were trying to accomplish? And, uh, and I'm just like, oh, okay, fine. You're in my head now. Like, uh, uh, and sometimes, yeah. And sometimes it's even, if it's somebody who lives with you or somebody you see, you know, you can, you can just like look at them and you can even see the look on their face. Yeah. And you're just like, I, it should have, I should have done this. Right. I should have done that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So, uh, on that note, are you ready? We have three calls. Okay. So, uh, are, are you ready for the first call? Yes. Okay. Then, uh, roll it, Renee. Hey, uh, Mr. Bronger, it is Matt from Modesto. How's it going? Hey, uh, just wanted to call, get some, uh, some of your thoughts on a, uh, bite. Uh, I had with uh, my girlfriend. Uh, I went to dinner with my girlfriend to her friend's uh, birthday dinner the other weekend. And, uh, you know, they were, they were talking about uh, sex and how 
my girlfriend thinks sex has to feel better for guys because logistically it has to feel better. Anyways, um, yeah, you know, they were in a discussion about that. You know, her her friend's husband across the way mentioned something. I didn't really catch it, but whatever he said, my girlfriend responds to him, to, like, everyone, like, oh, okay, Jonathan, oh, we know a little more something about you. You're a grower, not a shower. And, yeah, I kind of just was, yeah, just real, real upset about that. Um, I kind of just, like, shut down the rest of the dinner. I didn't really talk to my girlfriend or, like, look at her or, or anything. I was just really uncomfortable the whole the whole rest of the way. And, you know, we got, we got, we got into it after, after we left, um, talked it through and all that. And we're good and everything, but, um, yeah, that really, really bothered me. And, uh, I was just wondering if, you know, if I, if that's like a big, big overreaction on my part. Um, I just like really, really do not appreciate it. Um, yeah, that's it. Just wondering what you think. Um, that'd be great. Have a great day, man. Later. Thanks, Matt. Uh, Mara, do you think it feels better for men or women? <laughs> um, I... uh, it depends on it depends on what kinds of what kind of sex they're having, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it depends on it depends on what they're doing, and uh, and it also depends a lot on the individual and the individual's anatomy and the individual's state of mind and what substances or or medications they may or may not be on and uh and yeah i know there's like there's like ancient myths and things where um i think it was like tiresias the blind seer had lived both as a Uh as a or no he became blind because or he became you know visually impaired because uh they asked him uh hera and zeus were in a fight and they said who who enjoys sex more and he said women do and uh hera was so pissed that she blinded him yeah. And uh, and Zeus was like, "Hey, sorry about that. Uh, do you want the gift of of prophecy?" And he was just like, uh, "Okay." So yeah, cool. I, I know that there's a lot of there's a lot of you know legends out there and 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 stuff about there in in like I know in like the Arabian Nights and things like that. They always say like, "Oh, it feels better for women. Feels better for women." But uh, I do think probably it, it is probably easier for men with penises to be able to <laughs> it's it's there's there's easier and there's better but also that's a big generalization so uh yeah there, there's a, a million ways variables to look at yeah music. and it's kind of like i mean you know i, I obviously tongue-in-cheek said that to you as a person <laughs> who doesn't sleep with men and how would you know anyway but it and, and yeah how would I? but yeah it's it's just bottom line i think matt from modesto you were already kind of angry about something and i don't think you were talking about it with us i think you're kind of maybe not being as honest with yourself as you as you should have been and and with us pretty vague basically saying your your girlfriend got got on a a a tiffy rant about how uh men you know like sex or enjoy sex excuse me way more than women which i don't necessarily think is true on the main i think it's it can be looked at in a lot of different ways but then she basically called someone else out of the table someone else's boyfriend for having a smaller ween and that kind of sets you off and i think you're kind of angry at your girlfriend yeah i I, I mean it sounds like there's it sounds like there's there's some kind of boundaries issues happening here because it maybe it's sort of like 
and 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 it's based it's it's very much based in you know in insecurity and maybe it's the a couple things went through my head. So there's this sort of the, how does she know about this person's dick? There's also, she's talking very publicly about this person's, will she also talk publicly about mine? It's also, this is kind yeah. of inappropriate. It seems like that whole track of conversation made him feel uncomfortable to begin with. Yeah. Uh, and, and also her vehemence there, you know, she, yeah. he, so he's concerned about how it's making him look. It's, it's, it's his own insecurities. Yeah. And, and I, and I can't really, and I can't really fault him for some of these things because yeah, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I would probably feel very insecure in that place anyway. And it is kind of a strange thing to be, to be, you know, saying it and, and doing it in front of these things. It is very hard. I mean, like, this is why, like, I do not talk about my, my sex life or, or love life, uh, very publicly. Uh, because I, I, I feel like that's nobody's business. And also I'm not sure anybody really wants to hear that. So a lot of times people will say like, oh, will you come on this podcast to talk about sex in general? And I'm like, okay, but a lot of times when you talk about sex in general, you end up talking about sex specifically, or yeah. you end up giving away things that, you know, you, you would, you know, that, that you might not otherwise. So, so I, I kind of tend to be wary of those. Cause I'm just like, you know what, it's nobody's business. And, and, uh, and um and does it's that not... mean you you're not going to go on uh my friend ashley gavin's podcast that's literally called we're having gay sex <laughs> uh i mean that sounds fun but uh but it is very yeah. funny but no yeah to your point you're exactly right when as soon as you're like well you know well i like yeah because well, i did i mean i said something on a podcast just very casually like i was just like yeah, most women don't like this, right? On a podcast mm -hmm. once. And then people were like, no, a lot of women like that. And I was like, oh, yeah. oh what does this say about me? You know, or right. or I will say like, I'll, I'll be so, and I'll, or I'll be like, yeah, and who does this? And they'll be like, and they'll be like, well, everybody does this. And I'll be like, oh, well, well, I like, uh, you know, like, like I remember announcing in, in college, I was like, I was like, yeah, who actually has sex with the lights off? And everybody was like, we have sex with the lights off. And I was like, really? Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, well, well, you know, I, I, and so, and, and so it's things like that you end up revealing a lot of yourself. And so I think that that's kind of what the, the insecurities it's, it's about insecurities here. And I think it's about the, the feeling of being out of control. I think a lot of things go back to the fear of being out of control. And I think that maybe, you know, that's, that's sort of how you feel in this relationship. I wonder how long you guys have been together. Cause, mm -hmm. uh, cause yeah. And it does seem like that's sort of a bigger issue in the relationship is the, the, lack of boundaries and the idea of boundaries. And I wonder if like, if you guys were like drinking or smoking, that can also sure. lower your boundaries a lot. So, yeah, and a birthday dinner. Probably, yeah, probably, probably lots of, people. yeah, probably. So, so I imagine, yeah, it, it, it just seems like there's that there, you, you worry about what your girlfriend says and, and how it will reflect on you. I, I have had so much fun being in a solid relationship with someone going to like a supermarket and pretending to be insufferable <laughs> just to drive them crazy. Like uh, following my then girlfriend around with like a huge thing of Imodium AD and <laughs> the biggest thing of toilet paper and just yeah. hitting on her like I don't know her. And, and people are like, well, you obviously have diarrhea. Stop, leave her alone. <laughs> And you know, because the reason why that's so fun and like, I wouldn't do it, push it or anything, but like it was, it's because when you're with someone, you're, 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 you're kind of, you're, you're of them. Yeah. So it's to your point, I think he felt like his girlfriend was being a loud mouth 
per yeah. se. And he was just like, shut up, stop. You're making both of us look bad. Yeah. But, and that's true of when you're sitting with it at a, the table with anyone. You could be sitting at a table of like 10 people and you don't even know this person. And yeah. they say something loud and racist. And you're like, why am I at this table? This is yeah. horrible. <laughs> it's, I think that there has to be a level of trust yeah. You know, in a, in a relationship like that, where you, you're like, we're going to say or do something here. And if you really love and trust that person, you will be kind of like, you'll be kind of like, uh, well, uh, you'll, you'll be kind of like, well, whatever they said or did this thing, but I know they still love me and it doesn't, you know, reflect mm -hmm. badly on me. And, yeah. um, <clears throat> and I also think like I had, I've dated people who, uh, right away wanted to say mean or cutting things to embarrass me and that was like a really big red flag because yeah, i hate that yeah you have to at first you have to you have to build up the trust that you can be able to do that because it's like i'm ribbing you but i still really like you whereas yeah. with this it's like you don't even know if you like each other that much first right. with with this it's just like you know it's it's like i remember being out with a boyfriend and um and i would get i used to get back when i had uh, undiagnosed ADHD. Uh, I would, I would like fidget a lot with my nail polish and I would pick at my nail polish a lot. And I would like put nail polish on and then immediately like, like take it off because it wasn't perfect. I had this nervous tick with nail polish. And, uh, and I remember we were out, I was out at a restaurant with my boyfriend and he took my hand across the table and he looked at my nails and he said, some nail polish on some fingers, some on others. It's how I know it's my girlfriend's hands. Ooh, and nice. it was nice because it was like he he knew he knew my weird tick that I was embarrassed about and he teased me he was teasing me about it a little bit but I knew he loved me. Yeah. So so it was almost like I see your I see your compulsion and and I love you for it. That's nice. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, and it was a really sweet moment and mm. and so I think that that's that's the thing too is is you need to think about like the trust. But yeah, there is also I also totally understand. I I get like this a lot where I I'm in awkward social situations that I'll try to, I'll try to be like, you know, maybe tell this story or maybe do this. And I try to kind of orchestrate it. And eventually I have to be like, it's not my job to make everybody comfortable. Yeah. I mean, maybe if I'm like hosting a party, which I haven't done in a long time because of quarantine, but if I'm hosting a party, yeah, then I'm going to try to move things along and make things good. But mm -hmm. otherwise it's like, it's like, it's not, it's, it's not always your job to make sure everybody there is comfortable. Yeah. And I mean, Matt, I think you just have to talk to your girlfriend seriously and, and have it, just have a sit down and tell her what's bothering you and what was yeah. bothering you. And also listen to where she's coming from. Maybe she's just having some fun and you were being yeah. a little too sensitive. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's true. Like, like, I, I don't think, like, I don't think you can like limit your significant other from talking about something, but you can yeah. let them know. You can be like, hey, I feel a little uncomfortable because I feel like that reflects upon me and our sex life. And that's something I'd rather keep quiet. Yeah. And uh, and you can't you obviously can't control that and can't control them. But like but like if they I, I feel like, you know, if they if they try to understand where you're coming from, that's a good sign. For like, sure. oh, I didn't think about it that way. Oh, I'm sorry. That was kind of embarrassing. You yeah. know, they, yeah. they honestly, you know, she honestly would not want to embarrass you. Exactly. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, hope that helped you, man. All right, uh, let's roll caller number two. Hey, Bronger, it's Matt. I'm at Fun Button Press on Instagram, and I am a graphic artist who has gone to art school, and my life has been limited until my current age of 36 due to debt and several other circumstances of life to not go too long. 
um, just feeling really like all of my opportunities are done, my best days are over, and I'm just watching all of my friends um, just living good lives that uh, I kind of missed out on. And, uh, you know, they're uh, they're doing well, which I'm proud of them. But, uh, yeah, I, I just feel like my best days are over, and uh, that is about it. All right, uh, thanks. I swear to God, this is not the all mad show. <laughs> What's happening? This is so we I mean, there are a billion white guy mats. I there uh, are. There are. Yeah, so many. But um okay. Uh well I'll let you have first crack, Mara. What, what would you say to this very young man? Thirty six is Thirty so six is yeah. I mean, I, I I mean, I feel like this sometimes, and I think that mm -hmm. pretty much everybody of you know my generation feels like this sometimes. And, yeah. uh, and, and I really don't think that, first of all, you are not alone in this. I, everybody I know feels like this. Even the people who have the good careers and, you know, if they want families, they have families. Or if they want, you know, a wonderful partner or, or wife or husband or whatever, they have that. Like, everybody I know feels like this. Everybody, mm -hmm. and, and I don't know if it's like more, if that, I, I do think it is a generational thing. I think that probably everybody from from like 25 to like 45 feels like this. Maybe it's different for mm -hmm. other generations, but uh, I, I definitely feel like this. And and also, yeah, the life of an artist is is one that where there is no consistency. Right. There really isn't. There never is going to be, unfortunately, at least not while society is like this. And uh, and, you know, maybe if the world changed, it would be. But but uh, not in this part of the world and not in this time. So you are definitely not alone in this. And also you talk about the the worst, the best days being behind you, but I don't know if that's really true because you feel like you haven't accomplished much and you haven't done very much. So it doesn't feel like your best days are behind you because clearly you haven't experienced your best days. Yeah. Uh, and, and there is, I, I do feel like in some ways, like now that I, but and, and, you know, I kind of feel like this, this is sort of how I felt a couple of years ago, I I uh, moved back to LA and I wanted to do more voiceover. I wanted to do more TV writing. I wanted to do make documentaries. I wanted to be doing all the things that I'd always, you know, dreamed of doing and, you know, working behind the camera and all that stuff. And uh, and I, I moved back out here and I immediately got sick and then mm. kind of didn't get better and had to deal with chronic health stuff after that. Mm. And it took me, you know, two, three years. And when I, as soon as my health improved, I got, I was so angry. And I think it's yeah. because I felt like I had missed out on things. Sure. You know, I felt like I had two wasted years and I was furious with myself and I was furious with my body. And it's just kind of like, but, but that's not, it's, it's circumstances. And yeah. I do think that there are things that we can be angry about, like the idea of, of everybody in this generation being saddled with this much debt and not being able to live their lives because of that much debt is sure. that is infuriating. And that is stuff that we can, you know, argue about and talk about and, and people will understand and, and work together to, to try to make sure that that doesn't happen for future generations. Mm -hmm. uh, but I also think that there's, there's just letting yourself, you know, letting yourself, your dreams and your goals are going to change. They yeah. definitely are. And, and what you wanted for yourself is going to change. And there were times in my life that I really wanted to be a best-selling author. And there were times in my life that I wanted to be a director. And there were times in my life that I wanted to be, you know, an Academy Award-winning actress. And, and, and I don't think I really want any of those things mm -hmm. anymore. And that yeah. I think is fine with me. And, and so it's, the, your, your best days clearly aren't behind you because it doesn't seem like you have experienced your best days. Uh, mm -hmm. But but I also think that 
who's, you know, whose goals are you, are you trying to reach for, you know, and whose yeah. vision are you trying to look for? And, and that's the thing I have too. I always worry that somebody is judging me, Yeah. but, it, it, and that's not, you know, but that's not really what it's about. Yeah. No one's thinking about you. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the thing. I mean, that's such a weight when you realize, oh my God, people think I'm a loser. It's like, no one's thinking about you. Everyone thinks about themselves. Yeah, exactly. Talking about. Yeah, I think I think he's I think he just he's in his own head and he sees himself through he what what he thinks his friends' eyes are. And yeah, it's not true. I have friends who aren't doing that well and I don't judge them at all. And I I you know life life is a son of a bitch. And really, Matt, you don't sound that well off. You just sound like you're bumming. And that's all of us. We all yeah. probably, if we're honest with ourselves, would like to be doing better or doing differently. Um, but again, 36, 36 is not old. And even if you called and you were like, I'm 72, it, it you kind of got to, it, it re the thing I've learned is because I have flipped out and I have lost it and I have blamed everybody but myself and I have blamed myself too much. Um, it, it's, it's, it's really in how you react because it, you, 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 you can't really, beating yourself up doesn't do you any good. And yeah. What it sounds like is you're 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 tomorrow's point angry about your 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 death behind you. And what I think you actually mean is tomorrow's point about the sickness, you're mad that you think you wasted all that time. You didn't waste it all that time because you're alive and you're here. Now. Yeah. So it's it's kind of it's kind of what you do next. And I'm not saying tomorrow you start the great American novel or anything like that. <laughs> I just, I'm saying to, you know, it's, it's another day that you can just look at things differently. You can give yourself that and just go, let me just look at this from a different angle than God damn it. Fuck me. I'm a, I'm a loser. Just try yeah. it. give it, give it another angle. And that if you're angle. also, yeah. And if you're also the thing about being an artist is somebody like my, my friends, uh, I think it was my friend, Jeffrey Craner, who said, he just said, just make things you like with people you love. Yeah. do that and and make make things yeah and make things for the people around you and mm -hmm. you know there's there's the idea of like i always tell people who want to be actors think about the first time that you performed for somebody it was probably you were a small child it was you know your parents friends or it was your yeah. church or your temple or or it was uh you know your your a nursing home <laughs> for your grandparents or something yeah. you know it, it was it was for the kids in your neighborhood the kids in your building and then think, would I want to keep doing this, even if it, even if it were just these people that I were was going to be performing for forever? Mm -hmm. yeah. And and if it's that, and if it's just like the people you know making your art, then you're gonna be you're gonna be making that stuff anyway. You yeah. know, if it's just like you know you want to make these people laugh or make art for these people, then it's good because then you won't get caught up in the the idea of fame and recognition and things like that. And mm. uh, and then a lot of times while you're working on those things recognition and stuff will come and people will will be noticing and uh yeah. people think of you people don't think of you in the way that you think that they do but people can also surprise you and be and be thinking of you in different ways oh yeah that's something that's happened to me too and i had this the other day where i was like i was talking to some friends and i was just like oh, i don't feel like i've accomplished anything this year and one of my friends was like well what about this and i was like oh you saw that yeah. <laughs> so it, it people will surprise you people will surprise you in the ways that they think about you and the fact that they don't think about you. Yeah. I you're mean, creating I, a person, you are creating a person who is watching you. That's what you're mm -hmm. doing. Yeah, and you're creating that, a person that is like you. Make make that person nicer. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's like I always say, you know, and it's funny, my 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 publicist is is like a really good friend of mine too. And sometimes when I'm just like, oh, I suck, she's like, hey, don't talk about my friend that way. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's that's really it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, we got one more. Are you are you you good for the the last call? Yeah. Is it is it another mat? We'll see. Man, I, <laughs> I, I honestly equally hope not and so. <laughs> just like, you know, three, 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 three random white guy cherries. What do you yeah. win? <laughs> I was just gonna say it's like when a you, casino. When you hit, when you hit triumphant. I think yeah. three mats in in like in like a one arm jack, you win like five bucks. Like that's yeah. It. It's like, wait, it's the same odds as three sets of gold coins. It's like, no. You you win like a you win like a like a um you win like some kind of beer, I think. Yeah. But it's not boy. like a yeah, but it's not a it's not a fancy beer, but it's not no. like, you know, an, another fear beer either. It's like it's like it's Heineken. Like a Pabst. Yeah, or like a Pabst or something. It's not it's not too it's not too fancy. It's not too, you know. It's fine. It's fine. It, it's pretty it good. Do the job. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like if you if you get you know uh um three rock sands you're it's like a million dollars in a car like if you have a yeah. cool name when I get when I meet another Mara it's always an event cuz uh, cuz there aren't uh, a lot of Maras even though and every time I've met a Mara she's been from a a different country or different ethnicity as me it's it's a it's a name that has roots all around the world yeah. but uh but you don't meet them very often and when I do we usually have weird coincidences in our lives yeah, my wife's name is Kara with a K. Oh yeah. She never, uh, she never like gives it for when we go get in the morning walk with the stroller and get coffee. She's always saying, oh, "What's the name?" We're like Matt. She always says Matt. Always says my name. And today I was like, uh, "It's under Kara," and she and the woman went, "Gareth." Kara's <laughs> like, "You see, you see why I?" <laughs> it was just yeah. Hey. But it's also masks. Like we all. Yeah, masks. exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's gonna come out you know, uh, different. Yeah. Okay. So call number three, roll it. Hi, Matt. I saw you a few years ago at Shiva's Tavern in Chicago. You were just about to go on stage and the waitress tapped you on the shoulder and asked you to clear the way, not knowing it was you until you turned around. Um, I went for the obvious reaction of, Oh, and you did the opposite. You were so nice. Um, the first thing you said on stage was a thank you to the waitstaff. My question is, how do you know when it's okay to make fun of a situation so you don't misjudge it and look like an asshole? Thanks. That is such a good question. And thank yeah. you. Thanks for coming. Um, that is the eternal November struggle. November 17th at Shuba's. Nice. Um, uh, uh, she has a yeah, very kind is, voice. Yeah, really. She, she sounded does. like a sweetheart. Yeah, she yeah. did. She did. Uh, yeah, and it, it's funny. She's like, oh, and I'm Matt. <laughs> yeah exactly wow. <laughs> yeah her names her names her names her name was like matilda or something like, oh, yeah maddie that yeah would that would be cool. that would be fitting in in more ways than one yeah i know i know it'd be, it'd be insane um you know it's i've always been pretty the thing i always i think one reason i got steered into comedy is because if i was in a play and someone dropped a line, or if I dropped a line, I was very good at tracing it to the next line and making something up on the spot. And the thing that I learned doing that just in like high school plays, and when I was doing stuff in even, well, probably went about like junior high, high school, is it just, it just feels better if you don't do a nod to the audience about, boy, this guy fucked, because it's fucked up, because you want it, you just want it to, 
to continue. Yeah. And that's true of life too. So, you know, if, if someone drops, the big one is if someone's in a, in a restaurant and they drop a tray of glasses and I was a waiter and a bartender for like eight years, like, and someone like when people clap, like it's, oh, okay. The person's like, all right, you, you kind of, you, you, you let the steam out a little bit, but it's also kind of fucking mean. Yeah. Um, but there's a, there, there, there's, there's, it's, it's always kind of funnier if you just kind of present it from an absurdist uh, standpoint. Like I always having, have trouble getting to the stage in some of these, some of these like kind of music, non-comedy event clubs, like music clubs, because they pack all the people together in chairs and I'm trying to get through to get to the stage. And my, I've been long since introduced and I finally get up on stage and I'll just make fun of myself for being a monster. Like I'm never like, would you just move? This sucks because then everyone would be like, Jesus, we're here for you, you jerk. Yeah. You know, I hate just, when it, I, I can't I, say how I, 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 I know there are times if I think it'd be funnier to say something really mean, but they know I'm kidding kind of thing. You know, I just can't call what it is. What, what would, what would you say? I mean, I feel like personally, I hate it. One of my pet peeves is, and I spent so many years, uh, I, it's funny because I was just talking to a comedian friend the other day about this and I was like, she was talking about comedy adjacent people. And I was like, mm -hmm. yeah, I guess I was kind of comedy adjacent in my twenties. And she's like, well, yeah, but you were actually doing shows. <laughs> she's like a lot yeah. of comedy adjacent people just kind of hang out. And whereas you were like, and I mean, I did storytelling. I wasn't a stand up, and I did comedy writing for, you know, places like Reductress and things like that. So she was like, oh, yeah. she was like, you were in the scene, you know, maybe a little bit peripherally, but you were in the scene. Uh, but I, I saw it, I mean, I, especially when I lived in New York, I was seeing comedy shows at least once a week and it was all of my friends. So I went there and I was kind of the, I was like the soccer mom of comedy. Yeah. And sometimes I would bake cookies for them, you know, like I, I, I did everything, but like have orange slices. And, mm -hmm. uh, and what I learned is I really hated when comedians got on stage and they talked about how maybe they weren't supposed to be there or they didn't want to be there. Oh yeah, sure. And how it was last minute, and the, or or one thing they kept doing where they kept checking the time, and not in a and not in a like oh I only have you know two minutes left let me get this but just an okay let's see how much longer do I have like they were trudging through it. Yeah. And I was like you've got to treat like when I have an audience I feel like I went to prom with somebody I have a crush on. Yeah. And I'm like I'm gonna make sure you had a good time. I'm gonna try not to screw this up. I'm I'm gonna be. I'm going to be kind to you. I'm going to treat you well. I'm going to make sure you have a good experience. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not going to, and, and, you know, there's different, there's different kinds of people. So some people want to shock or provoke a little bit more. That's more sure. their style with me. I'm just like, I'm going to flirt with you and I'm going to be nice to you. Maybe right. I'll joke with you a little bit, but it'll be, you know, I'll tease you a little bit, but you've got to have that layer of trust underneath it. Yeah. It, it, but it's also there. You, you, you can't go so far that you're desperate. Exactly. Like, it's kind of like an audition. Yes. In a way where an audition would be like the worst example of this kind of thing or the most yeah. annoying. You can't be like, time, please like me. It's please, yeah, it's please like me, but I'm not going to die if you don't like me. That's okay. Really maybe, it. maybe it's more like going to the prom with your best friend you have a crush on. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah. you know them pretty well and right. you, and you know that it's like, and, and it's, it's kind of like, okay, you got to respect them. You can't be, cause that's another thing too. I, I generally try to err on the side of, yeah, of, of not calling attention to it. Yeah. Uh, and not doing these things and just being like, are you all right? And sometimes if they make the joke, then you can joke. Yeah, I think totally. 
and, and you know, it's it's funny. And I, but I think your original analogy of like going to prom with somebody you have the crush on because a crush can go away. Like yeah, that, that's you know, true for, for you. If it, you know, I, I I just a terrible example of of a guy who is uh, um a kind of a big improv guy in Chicago, and um, I I sorry, my you just came out with the baby. Her hair <laughs> You're allowed to uh, smile at your baby. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for smiling. Yeah. Little jerk. Um, but uh, he, he said once, he, he was a big partier back then. He's now sober, which is good. But yeah. he's like, I had a crush on him for like four years. And then I saw him stumble out of a bar and barf into his hand and wipe it on his shirt. And it just right. went away. <laughs> I've had crushes that disappeared because I saw the people that they had crushes on. Yes, for sure. I'm like, really? This is the people you're into? Okay, well, you obviously wouldn't be into me. And also, like, like that person seems really weird and just not, okay, so that's yeah, your that's, type and that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you like, you like a, a person that treats other people like garbage. I, exactly, I like exactly. I've, I've, I've had that happen several times. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, you know, speaking as a, as a, as a, as a, uh, you know, I feel like when you're a younger guy, and I think that it's less for guys now, thank God, but it's, you kind of just look for someone you're attracted to physically all the yeah. time. And then, but it's, I've had, even back then where they would, someone would say something like just that would, I was like, that really put me off and it's now yeah. all gone. <laughs> it's yeah. Totally it's, it, gone. it does kind of dissolve. It does kind of dissolve. And, and yeah. yeah. And I also think, and like I've said, I feel like people who are, people people i i do think that like ribbing somebody about something it has to be that you know them you know mm -hmm. it has to be there are some people who are mean to people and that's kind of how they get to know them and that's also a cultural thing like that happens in england every time i'm in england or yeah. i'm around like english people or british people a lot of them will be kind of like it's it's almost like hazing they like, take the piss they take the piss they take the piss and you kind of have to be like okay that's that's what they're like it's and the culture, uh, yeah it is it's the culture, the culture there I'm I'm realizing that kind of the version that I do is I I I make up a situation where I'm persecuted that isn't true <laughs> on any level from the yeah. from the stage like I there's a great club in Bloomington Indiana called uh, the Comedy Attic that everybody plays there it's really small but even if you're just working places that Jared the owner is the coolest guy mm -hmm. and um, I remember last time I was there I was talking about how it's it's I I feel like a, to meet in this college town because college girls love a 46 year old like dad <laughs> the hottest thing you know when you're in high school and at college every girl has a pinup of like the dad from family ties and it's just, <laughs> it's just such bullshit but it's just really yeah. fun to see someone and i also i'll get off stage and there'll be like someone wants to take a picture with you. And if they're like younger than 25, I'm like, finally, someone my age, get these old fucks away from me. <laughs> you know? And I'm talking to other people that are younger than me and calling them old. And it's just, it's, it's fun because it's this, you know, the not this non-existent situation. So it's knowing I your think, audience really. And that's yeah. the most important thing. I mean, I, I wrote in my book, I wrote about the time I went to, um, actually, I'm not sure if it even exists anymore, but it was, it was a metal bar in Greenpoint to do a show. Okay. And I just, I, I bombed so terribly there and nobody had any idea why I was there. And the opener was just like, their brand of comedy was like so different than mine. And wow. like, I joked about how like, I had to push my way through the crowd to get to get up there. And uh, I, I made like a short joke about myself where I said, I felt like a mouse in a world full of Lenny's. 
And I was like, and I was like, somebody's somebody here has has read of Mice and Men, but nobody laughed and everybody was just checking their phones. And it was very much a like, but but the whole thing, and I and I told my story and I said, I've never been cool. And I lost them immediately when I said that because their whole thing was being cool. Interesting. And that was, and I mean, this was also, you know, 20, I don't know, 2012, 2013, when like, when like it was, it was very, when like back when like hipster was like a bad thing to say and, and like right. a mean thing. And, and it was, it was now nobody talks about hipsters anymore because who gives a shit? We have different concerns, but, uh, but, uh, you know, we have bigger concerns. But, but it was sort of this idea of like having to be cool and not caring. And, yeah. uh, and I, I, but that's never been me. I'm, I'm right. always, I'm, I'm always, I'm too much the, I'm too much the kind of person who cares a lot. So, mm-hmm. so I got up there and, and, and that was the thing. I was like, okay, I should have known my audience. I should have known that this was not what they wanted and they didn't expect somebody like me and they didn't, you know, so, so I, I bombed horribly there. And there are times that, you know, you are going to find yourself in situations or in places where you just don't belong. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's it's best to just kind of, I mean, keep quiet and sort of observe and be like, okay, so this isn't my place. But also, also if it's just not your place, you know, sometimes sometimes it's just not for you. And that's another thing too, is not everything has to be for you, you know? Oh yeah. I've had people like say yeah. like, you know, talk about like how they didn't like my book and I'm like, and I'm like, okay, well maybe, you know, maybe it could have been better. My book could have been better, but also maybe it's just not for you. That's so, how I look at so much art now, where I used to be like, that sucks. And exactly. Like, it's not really my thing. It's just so much yeah. easier on, on, on myself. And there's and, so many and, things where I'll, I'll watch a show and I'll be like, this is a great show. It's just not for me. This is yeah. very well made, very consistent, very, very, you know, funny and artistic and, and this and that. But it's just not my thing. Yeah. So I, I think that that's, yeah. And and I don't know. I I I always err on the side of not making fun of anybody or not calling attention to that because I want people to be comfortable. But I do think that if they if they joke about it, then you can, you know, maybe joke about it a little bit too. Or 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 something. It's if they if they invite that, you know, or maybe if you are in a situation where everybody's doing this and everybody's doing these things. But also also I think there's a lot of cues. You can look at their face. Yeah. It's 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 always like I mean I I think I've brought this up a few times, but when I was a kid there was a comic book character and it was not a great idea but the guy's name was long shot and his whole power was he was incredibly lucky but yeah if he went to a casino he wouldn't win uh but if like he was running to push someone out of the way of a train he would always make it mm-hmm. and it, it, it's what the thing was it's about pure his power depended on purification of motive mm-hmm. so if you're if you're making this joke and they can tell there's no meanness behind it then it's all about your motive when I was uh, li- living in Chicago as a waiter, my friend Kevin and I, who both we were both in relationships, one of which my girlfriend was a, was also a, a server there. We went around, I think, April of 1999, and asked all the female uh, employees if if they wanted a Millennium Baby and if they liked <laughs> it from me or Kevin. And these are all people that we were really good friends with, and everyone just thought it was the funniest thing. And they're just like, you know, more people picked Kevin than me, and I acted like it just bothered me so much. And, um, but then there was another guy named Joel who was in kind of an unhappy marriage. He was always angry at his wife who also worked there. And Joel was like, what about me? Who wants a kid from me? And it was just, everyone's like, uh, yeah, you sound serious. You want to have <laughs> sex with us, dude. This isn't that. No, you know, 
And I'm like, yeah, and we were going to donate our sperm, Joel. Why are you? <laughs> you know, like, I was like, you can just, everyone can tell the nuance. Everyone can tell if you're just being a cruel dick or if yeah. you, you mean it from a place of affection. It's just yeah. so easy to tell. And, and, and when it gets to the, like, can't you take a joke thing? It's like, if oh, you have God. to say that, it's not funny. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I will, I will say my, 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 this, this is probably my darkest, grossest joke. And I only <laughs> said it because it's making fun of a thing that drives me insane um, yeah. that comedians do when a joke doesn't land. And I had this joke well well before I had a kid and I'll probably never do this joke again. But I would I would kind of, I would be like, so anyway, I'm at home and I'm fucking my kid. And everyone would be like, whoa. And I'd be like, what, you guys don't like kids? <laughs> and it was so fun to do that because it's just the amount of comics that do a joke and it doesn't land and they blame the subject matter. And yeah. It's like, no, I love ice cream. I just hated your joke about eating ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's about context. And, and also, and also the, the amount of comedians who do like shocking things and then get, and then be like, Whoa, you, you guys are like, you guys are like this. You guys are like, yeah. like I once saw somebody. Yeah, I once saw somebody do like, like say like really offensive jokes and then afterwards said, whoa, whoa, I didn't mean to offend. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, you that was, no, your whole point was to offend. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. you, you're, that it's was your only thing. point. And, and, uh, and there's also, uh, yeah. And a lot of times you're, you're offending because you can't actually be funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Because it, yeah. it pushes a button and people understand they're supposed to laugh. So yeah, kind of like, because it's about discomfort, and and that's yeah. the thing too. There's also a difference between people laughing at their own discomfort and people, and people laughing because it's just like, yeah, this is this is the thing that I did, and this is you know, mm -hmm. this is this yeah. is something, yeah, huge, huge it's difference. it's something, yeah, and and there's also yeah, are people comfortable with themselves and are they not? Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah, that's the big question, isn't it? I, I used to like have a joke about how uh, I I always feel good when I see beautiful people trip. Sure. Because because it's just such a relief. It's like, oh thank God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That is a that is such a yeah, that is that is so so much so much better. But but yeah, but also yeah, you never really know what's going on with somebody. But it is I, I do think familiarity is one thing and also, you know, are they are they going to you know, if they drop the tray and then everybody claps and they get up and they like, you know, do a curtsy or a bow and they laugh at themselves too, you know, that's mm -hmm. one thing. Yeah. But well, I remember when being you're, a, when you're in the weeds, as we used to say, as a waiter, and you just dropped everybody's dinner I, order. It's like you well, want to kill yourself. Exactly. Well, I remember being being at like CVS once, and I saw this woman who was working there knock over a bunch of things, and I laughed because I was like, I was like, oh man, I've been there. Yeah. I've I've done the thing where like you know you're you're you know when I was working as a barista and you like make you make something and you burn it you knock over mm -hmm. you knock over an entire drink you have to do it all over all over again you have to you know you knock over the the scones or just some shit right, like that right, right. and I laughed because I was just like oh, I've been there and she turned around and she looked at me like how dare you and I was oh. like oh no <laughs> I shouldn't have laughed because she doesn't know what's going on in my head yeah she doesn't yeah. know that I'm going that I'm going like oh man I've been there I had a job where I worked with. Uh, where I worked with kids and we painted schools. And I was like, you know, I was thinking about times I'd knocked over paint cans or I'd stepped in paint and tracked it all over the place. Or I was just like, yeah, I've been there. That was an I've been there laugh, but she did not know that. Totally. She no. she didn't know that. Yeah. She thought I was just laughing at her. And mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, and and that was that was a little uncomfortable. And then I felt I bad. Imagine. And I, I think I just apologized and walked away. Yeah, yeah I would too. 
Yeah. Like, you're not. Well, it's a good thing you didn't go. What? You don't think falling down's funny? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's wrong don't think, with you, lady? Don't think like getting your job wrong is funny. Like, <laughs> and I was just like, no, it's because I've gotten my job wrong so many times. But yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think I just said sorry and, and shuffled away. Yeah, and, and I I ended up being the most embarrassed one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's sorry my life. Um, <laughs> so that's basically it. Is there anything you want to plug now since you're on here to? Uh, yeah, I have, um, let's see, um, you can follow my writing at mara.substack.com. I am on Twitter less these days, but I'm still very much there <laughs> at Mara Wilson and uh, on Instagram at Mara Wilson. Uh, I also have a cameo, which uh, I, cameos are really fun. I've, I've really liked it's, it's always like it's my daughter's 10th birthday or my wife is uh, the librarian. She grew up watching Matilda and cool. cameos are very fun and cute. I've had a lot, especially since Mother's Day is coming up. If like your yeah. mom really likes Mrs. Doubtfire, they're really fun to make. Uh, I'm happy to talk about my cookie recipes in there and also show one of my cats. Um, and uh, and yeah, that's um, so so that's what I've got going on right now. Uh, I've got other things going on too that I cannot talk about yet, of course. as we always do. But yep. uh, but yeah, those are those are my pluggables. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on the show and 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 sharing your multifaceted and multi perspective based wisdom. Really appreciate it. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Thank you. This yeah. well, this is a good thing about being constantly at war with yourself you know, sure. about constantly second guessing yourself is you, yep. you'll give old advice and then be like, but actually it may be also this. No, it's, <laughs> you, 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 are, you are so much like me in that respect. It drives yeah. my wife insane where I'm yeah. just like, let's look at it from all the angles. Do we have four hours? Like shut yes. the fuck up. Exactly. You know. I, I, I'm the product of like a, a, a hot tempered firebrand, passionate mother and a father who's, who's much more like, well, let's look at everything. And he's an engineer and he's like you about taking me. things apart. Yeah, no, Thank exactly. You. I have the, I have the, yeah, I have, I have a passionate uh, mom and a, and a peacemaker dad. And I feel like yeah. they're always at war inside my yep. head. Yep. <laughs> same, same, same. Yeah. Thanks again. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much. This has been great. Oh, Mara Wilson, you know, she was a great child actor, but I wish she would be more thoughtful. I'm kidding. Uh, that's what a fantastic guest. And uh, she, boy, I really love her. And it was great having her on here. Uh, if you'd like uh, some advice for um, other you know, showbiz ding-dongs and everyone else, if you'd like any advice from any of my fantastic guests and maybe myself, call 323-763-0228. Again, that's 323-763-0228. And thanks. This Might Help with Matt Bronger was created and hosted by me, Matt Bronger. Produced by Outer Circle Media. Executive producers Matt Kleinschmidt and Robert Kelly for the Laugh Button Podcasts.